You're listening to the Woman Power Zone podcast with host Ariel Hubbard, empath, energy worker, and massage therapist who shares secrets and stories of women's empowerment, learned from over 32 years of working in holistic healing arts and talking with thousands of women about their amazing life stories. If you are seeking ways to grow, pivot, heal, and up-level your life, you are in the right place. Here is your host, Ariel Hubbard. Welcome to Woman Power Zone. In today's episode, we talk about the power of spiritual transformation with Alana May, a spiritual activist and liberation coach. She has an incredible story, and I wanted to share that with you, so stay tuned. Welcome to Woman Power Zone, a safe space for learning, growing, healing, and empowerment. And today, we have Alana May here talking about the powerful spiritual transformation that she's experienced in her life and the way she makes a difference for other people. Alana, I'm so excited to have you on the show. So everybody, Alana and I have known each other for a long time. We're coming up on 11 years, I think it is. Mm -hmm. And I've watched you go through a very powerful spiritual journey in that time. And it's really exciting to see. And I wanted to share that with our listeners because all of us are working on, you know, growing and changing and shifting and learning. And I thought your story was pretty amazing and I wanted to share it. And now you have this really cool uh, job. I love this. You're a spiritual activist and a liberation coach. I love that. Could you tell us about what you do? So spiritual activism is um, my way of saying that I fight for your spirituality. Like I really am into everyone having their own conception, connection, to God, whatever that looks like. I study a variety of modalities. I, I pull from everywhere. I'm not picky and choosy. I take little pieces that I like and I can offer that to my clients, but mostly I allow them to acquire faith based on experience. And so we look for the sacred and we look for where God shows up in our lives every day. And we file that away. And over time, that becomes a foundation of unshakable faith. I love that because the thing is most faith really is more powerful when it's personally based from experience anyway, more than someone telling us what it should be. When we acquire that experience ourselves and that awareness ourselves, I think it's much more powerful. That's awesome. I love it. So um, one of the things you told me that you also do is you help us transform the way we think about our bodies, like the way we perceive ourselves or our, our body image, all that kind of stuff. I'd love to hear more about that. Can you tell us how you do that? So for me, body image is the hardest thing that I've had to overcome. And I've overcome um, <clears throat> heroin addiction, uh, quitting cigarettes, depression, anxiety, and um, body image is the thing that, that really got me. It's so ingrained. And as I started on my journey, I, every other lady I talked to ever, has also issues, no matter what they look like, it kind of tripped me out, no matter they were classically beautiful, a size zero, you know, everyone has the same issues. And then I really looked into um, colonization and the like patriarchal paradigm as a way of um, like, who, why do we need to be small? Like, who are we being small for? Right. And like that, we're actually living under, um, you know, unconsciously through the 50s and previously where women were really oppressed and kept in the home and had to fill these roles. And now we kind of can um, 
still have to still have the feeling that we have to live in those roles. And now we t- can turn to food as a way to deal with that. And we can become obsessive about our body as a way to run from our emotions because we can feel like we have to be a certain kind of mother. We have to be a certain kind of wife and we have to sacrifice in ways that we don't, it doesn't, it's all kind of unconscious, but that we're turning to these things as a way to deal with that unfulfillment and that hole inside of us. Yes. I think that a lot of people listening have had a similar experience. I've certainly had it. And I know other people have had it also is that they're also having those issues. I like those questions, you know, who, who do we want to be small for, or who do we want to look a certain way for? And why does that have to do with our well-being anyway? (laughs) So, you know, I um, talk a lot with my one friend about how we're kind of taught and, you know, more so in different religions um, and backgrounds, but that we need to be attractive to survive so we can find a mate to provide. And it's that we're still living out this paradigm. And that's, you know, the patriarchal paradigm um, that we feel like we've come a long way, but there's, we're still definitely that is in us because it was taught to us when we were very young and then society and the media just totally preys on it because they're making a lot of money off of us feeling not good enough. So they're telling us we're not good enough. And then they're making money because they're selling us products to make us feel better. Yes, it's true. Hey, everybody, if you're loving this show and you want to make a difference, please go to Apple Podcast Ratings and give the show a five-star rating. Thanks so much. It's appreciated. One of the things that's really interesting is the fashion business. And I've noticed this recently. There are a few companies that are... um, making clothing for extended size women and men and they call it extended size um and i've i've actually had the good fortune to encounter uh, a styling company that actually works with people where there's no judgment about what your size is and there's no commentary about how big or small you are they're just wanting you to be to put together and look the way you look for you for your best and I was terrified of working with them because I thought it was going to be judged and they were fantastic. And I thought that was pretty cool because I don't think that's a common thing in the fashion industry. And I think you're right. I think a lot of people make money off of people feeling bad about being a certain size and then wanting to look good. And then they're making money off that. I think that is a challenge. So how do you help people unwind from that? How do you help people shift out of that space? Um, So there's four pillars to radical self-love, the journey from self-loathing to self-acceptance and um, honesty. Radical honesty is the first one. So we have to first be able to know how we're feeling and acknowledge and let ourselves know how we're feeling so that we can do what we want from there. And that's where freedom comes. I believe that's where freedom comes is from choice because now we have a choice. We know that there is another way. And then that is where the freedom comes. And then what we do with that is entirely individual, but I'm really about, that's why I'm a liberation coach because that kind of first step, that awareness is really where I come in and my passion is. Beyond that, there's radical acceptance, radical compassion and forgiveness, and then radical self-responsibility. So um, we do 
I draw from a lot of different sources. Um, so it's like practical um, applications of spiritual principles. It's uh, a purge always, I think, you know, to like get it out, what we've been holding on, realizing um, what, like what we think versus what we were taught to think, because we're not taught to like, and we don't act naturally dislike our bodies. We're taught that we're not good enough. And it's, a, it, and through um, sisterhood, and um, hypnotherapy and energy work and um, writing and prayer and meditation and um, mindset, we un, um, un, in, unwind um, our value being associated with our size. Yes, it's true. I love that. And I think that's a really great holistic blend of modalities that you're using. So you're connecting with people, addressing spiritual challenges, mental thoughts and belief systems, feelings, right? And just helping people also get some support while they're going through that process. That's really huge. Um, Support is so big. And I really believe it peer-to-peer support. So I have um, a Facebook group where people can come in and and I encourage... um, you know, authenticity within that group, because when we can get honest about how, what we're feeling and find out, oh, everyone else feels the same way, then it's not as bad. That's awesome. So I'll, I'll uh, make sure and put that Facebook group in the show notes for everybody. They're, they're welcome to just join, right? They don't have to do anything yes, special. totally free. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll get that from you and put that in the show notes. And um, at the end of the show today, you can also let us know what it is so people can do a search for it. When we get back from the break, Alana's going to share with us how she got to where she is now from where she was when I first met her. It's a pretty amazing journey. So stay tuned. This podcast is sponsored by Hubbard Education Group, creating wellness through education. If you've wanted to learn about being an empath, healing, energy work, consciousness, or massage, we have online and in-person courses for you. Find us on Facebook at Hubbard Education Group. That's Hubbard Education Group. Or go to www.arielhubbard.com. That's www.arielhubbard.com. And if you're on Clubhouse, you can find Ariel Hubbard by looking up Ariel Hubbard, A-R-I-E-L-H-U-B-B-A-R-D. And we're back. So Alana, you weren't always doing this kind of work. So how no. were you how were you experiencing life when you and I had met in 2011? When you and I met, I had no idea what um, an empath was, what being highly sensitive was, you had a, having psychic gifts was, and I was just poorly, poorly muddling my way through life. Um, <laughs> with all of that going on, just um, like so many of us do without any, you know, acknowledgement and guidance. And when I met you, you know, it was a relief to find out, oh, this, there's not anything wrong with you. This is, this is what it is. And like, this is how you can control it and protect yourself. And um, that was definitely the start of my journey, changed my life forever. I also, um, through the reading that you had us do, and um, especially HRT3 really changed my life because once I realized as a soul, and this is my belief, um, 
as a soul that I was chose my life uh, like that I was allowed the anger started leaving as it wasn't just pointless chaos of and horrible stuff it was like oh okay there's a reason behind this and that was really when I when it changed everything for me and that's that radical self-responsibility that I chose that and and that I choose everything in this life and you're referring to uh, Journey of Souls and Destiny of Souls. Those were the books that we used in that course as textbooks. Yes. Um, and yes. Sacred Contracts. Sacred Contracts. Yeah. I'll put yeah. those books in the show notes too. Yeah. Changed my yeah. life for, yeah. And I love that because it is radical self-responsibility because once you can say, okay, these are the things that I, I decided that I was going to have to see certain experiences in my life and they were going to give me something. And so now how can I learn the most from those experiences? And then how can I move forward? That was what I was stressing in that class. So I'm really pleased that, that you integrated that and used that. And then from there, what did you do with your life? How did you grow? So from there, um, I became a massage therapist and an energy worker. So I was given a beautiful career that I'm still passionate about. And um, I found um, you know, the ability to help people. And I think that's one of the best things that anyone can do with trauma or any kind of, um, seemingly negative life experience is turn it into uh, something that we can help people. And that's where I really, um, found that in a healing way. I had done activism before, um, uh, for the environment, but this was a, like way more personal, um, and it fulfilled me like nothing else, but I wasn't done. And um, I had, um, I, I didn't treat all of myself. So I learned spiritual um, stuff and I learned, you know, energy work. And I learned like this about this big portion of myself, but I, I didn't understand about alcoholism and, and drug addiction, which is a big part of me and how to treat that so when my mom died I that's what I turned to because I hadn't treated that at all um and so then I had a few years back out there um in that world and one day I was sitting in my room <clears throat> getting high and um it just occurred to me that like this was not the way to honor my mom wow and that's huge we, yeah so that was the start of me. And because I had the foundations that you'd given me, I prayed every day for, for a few months and writing, I surrendered to the divine's will for me. And um, about three months later, I went to rehab. And then that was starting the journey of um, me treating my alcoholism. Um, so that was over six years ago. And um, I had a, have a strong foundation in that. And I pull actually a lot from, from the 12 steps because it works, you know, um, it, it works. So I pull a lot from that and lots of other areas. Um, you know, one of the great things about the 12 steps is that you help others. It's an altruistic movement. And I really pull from that in everything that I do um, because when you come in and see someone who's been raped or who's lost their children and these horrible, horrible things, like the only way that we can make any sense out of it is to say one day that's going to help someone else. 
And I really rely, like rely heavily on that in my own life and for the women that come in that I help. So then I um, had a lot of work to do getting over the shame, shame. And I was getting called to share my story online um, for a while and to do a podcast for even longer than that. And I was, I was so afraid of being seen and I was so afraid of, um, I still felt so much less than, and um, so just other than, and I had to work a lot on that. And what ended up happening as usually it does is life gives you a reason to change. And I got injured. I injured my wrist, hey, like hanging Christmas lights, like this, the silliest thing. Who does that? Right? Really? <laughs> yeah. With a staple gun. Right. I, and it was my good wrist. And, and I was like, oh, and so, I, you know, I was married and um, he does physical labor. I do massage. And it was like, oh, I need to do something else. I need to uh, diversify because we're screwed if either one of us gets hurt. Like no yes. work. Yes. And so that's really what pushed me into my out of my comfort zone to um, start sharing my story on online and um and then we, I had taken transformational coaching with you years ago. And um, I was like, oh yeah, I can do this. And so oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. So, oh yeah. Yeah. So I've been teaching. I love teaching. I've been teaching energy work and Reiki um, for a while, like in person. And I had a good in-person community. We had a community, we have a community center and I do meditations and we do all sorts of events and stuff. And so it was just kind of transferring it online. Um, and because, and, you know, um, at the same time I had in early sobriety, you gain weight. So I gained weight. And so I knew that I was going to have a hard time with that. So I had like mentally prepared. Um, and actually you'll find this a lot with, um, addicts, especially like people do speed is that they do it because they, they lose weight. And it's, and you have to really mentally be prepared to gain weight, to like stay sober off that. It's, and it's, that's not gender specific. That's men as much as women in that. Um, And so I was new enough to know that. So I gained weight. (laughs) In fact, on my way to rehab, I was eating cheesecake. I was like, I'm never going to eat cheesecake again. Cause that's how deep the body image thing was ingrained in me. And, and I found, and then nine months sober, I found eating disorders anonymous. And I learned about atypical anorexia, um, which uh-huh. is, yeah, anorexia without the normal symptoms, you can be any size. And, and I learned about the obsession of the mind and the fear of food and how when we restrict, we restrict everything in our lives, not just our food. And it's, it's all about control. And that began, began my um, healing with that. Although you know, I, it's, it was so comfortable. I would get to, I would heal and I'd get space and then I get scared and come back and then I would get space and I'd get scared and come back. And so then eventually I over X got really addicted to exercising, which is also very common um, for people, you know, coming out of addiction. And, and I think women in general, and, you know, I, I just, I got up to working out three hours a day and I, and I just wanted to be at the gym all the time. And I realized that I was running from my feelings and using the gym to do that. 
and I talk about that a lot too, about how, you know, exercise or like a healthy diet, right. Where we're, when we're restricting so much is the same thing. It's just a different manifestation of the same thing. And so finally I was like, okay, I'm really ready to get over this because it was really keeping, it was hurting my family. I mean, it's, it, it hurts the people around you. You think it's this like silly thing, but no, but when I wasn't present with my family um, or I was irritable because we were at the beach and I felt so uncomfortable about my body that I'm yelling at my son. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, and so this is, I want the son, these are the things that I like to share to tell other women that this is something that is affecting you and your family more than you even think, let alone how it stops you from your advancing in your career. Yes. But so I got into a, tw- a different 12 step food program um that was great and had a very restrictive food plan and um I of course restricted that even more and ended up um well I ended up with COVID and then I COVID I got off the food plan because my stomach I stomach hurt so bad that I had to eat bread and bread in like two years and um I ended up being malnourished off that food plan Wow. It wasn't the food plant's fault. It was because I don't eat a variety, a variety, enough variety of food. And uh, I had chronic stomach problems. And so this is just, you know, and then that led my, led me into um, learning about intuitive eating, which I don't really do, but I took a lot from it, like anti-diet and um, checking in with the body and like that nothing is off limits. It's better that way. I think it's better that way. If you listen to what your body wants versus trying to control everything. Yeah. And your body's like, no, I, I need some more vegetables. You eat more vegetables. Or if you're like, well, I want that treat. That's fine. Because then your mind doesn't do these trips that you do. You just enjoy it for what it is. And then you eat the other stuff that's healthy. Right. So yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm I don't fall into the eating completely, and I think there's a line where some people I don't think it will work for because we don't have that thing in inside of us that um, says stop when you're full. Right. I don't think every any diet works for every person. I think people have to find a way of eating that works for them that actually yes. works for them. Exactly. Yeah. Just yeah. like a higher power, right? Just like God, like in that we're right. all different and our bodies are different. And then I found just recently that um, because I have fatty liver and I'm pre-diabetic, like it, it isn't a good idea for me to eat whatever I want. Like I, right. I do have to restrict right. the carbs. Right. And, and, you know, right. and then there's the whole, like, and I'm sure you see this a lot in body work is the correlation between uh, inflammation and pain and sugar. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, I feel better when I don't eat a lot of carbs, but they're not forbidden. Right. And so, and it's this journey and it's, that's where the compassion comes in because it's such a journey and it's not something that's easy. That's abstinence like drugs, like, Oh, stop eating. It doesn't work like that. No, it's one meal at a time. Right. One snack at a time. Yep. And I had to, and I had to get, I had to be okay with getting bigger 
And and for me, that was a sign to the universe, like I'm okay to get bigger in life too. Like I can receive more money. I can receive more nourishment. I can receive more pleasure because when we restrict, we restrict pleasure too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because it's all through the same chakra. The second chakra yeah. is the right to experience pleasure in life, but it's also money, creativity, and close personal relationships, as you know, um, but I'm saying yes. it for listeners. So the thing is, the thing is you got to keep the energy flow open. So you've come a long way. I mean, it sounds like you really flowed through a process and what you've just very honestly talked about and shared. A lot of us have probably experienced those same thoughts and feelings or some version of those. So what I was thinking about is like, what do you, what are you doing now? Like you feel good about yourself. Correct. You feel good about how you're making a difference for people. Correct. Yes. Yes. And so tell me some of the projects you're up to. I know you have a podcast. What's your podcast called? My podcast is real talks and it's, it's very similar to this. In fact, we kind of had the idea at the same time, which is interesting. Uh, And it's just women talking about body image and spirituality. Um, And then sometimes just women sharing about spirituality, but I, it's just real talk. It's just this like real people telling real stories and it's, it's people identified as women. It's not just biological women. Um, And so I'm really um, feel like I want to get, um, you know, open it up to anyone identifying as a woman. I think that's awesome. I think I, um, years and years and years ago, I knew a trans woman who was rejected by women in a a goddess temple um, and they wouldn't let her in the temple. And I'm like, why? (laughs) Uh, I always thought that was pretty interesting. I think it's good that you're open to people who may not be bio women, but who identify as such. So yes, it's awesome. That's really important. And so let me think about this. Any, anything that you could tell us or any advice you could give us um, before we finish up our time together today? So um, I'm doing a three-day workshop, okay. um, a free three-day workshop. And some of the things that we're doing in there is um, mirror work, mirror okay. work. So looking, um, you know what, I, I didn't come up with this, but I really love this idea. And every morning when you get out of the shower to, as you're putting lotion on yourself to say nice things about yourself. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, 100%. and it's, the, um, but really it comes down to, um, finding someone that you can be totally honest with and being totally honest with yourself, just because you can honest about your feelings. Like maybe you don't feel like being a mom or a wife that day. It doesn't mean that you have to change anything. It's just that we acknowledge the feelings so that we can move through them and we don't have to eat over them or exercise over them. Yes. That's huge. That's huge. So how could people reach you? What's your website, hon? So, um, I'm on, I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Alana May HHP. Um, and then I have a few different websites, depending on how you're trying to find me, but Instagram and Facebook is the best. June, okay. uh, June 26, 9am is the free three-day workshop. So the website for that is Alana May at mykajabi.com slash three-day challenge. Okay. But then and the I Facebook will... group is the best. So that's facebookgroups.com slash the real liberation. Okay. Okay, great. 
So everybody, I'll put that stuff in the show notes so you can listen to that. And I want to thank you, Alana. It's been really great having you as a guest on the show. You've really come a long way. You've made a lot of difference for a lot of people. And I just really am so pleased to have you. Thanks for joining us. And to our listeners, I want to thank you for joining us today. Remember to move with your power and into your magnificence and have a fantastic day, everybody. Take care of yourselves and love yourselves. Have that radical compassion for yourselves. Thanks so much. Thank you. Are you suffering from OIS or over it syndrome? OIS commonly affects parents, spouses, executives, and employees alike. Hubbard Health Solutions can reduce symptoms of OIS, such as stress, pain, unease, lethargy, and a general desire to escape. Ariel Hubbard, licensed massage therapist, customizes a treatment plan that addresses these symptoms and will transform you and your body so you feel human again. Contact Ariel by texting 971-319-2618 or go to arielhubbard.com to learn more about Hubbard Health Solutions. That's Ariel, A-R-I-E-L, Hubbard with an A, dot com.